0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. My name is Morgan Bartell, and I'm so glad that you're here. I brought a special guest, a.k.a. my husband again for this conversation, and we are going to be talking about something that is pretty much geared towards married couples. So disclaimer, if you are not married, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast, at least this episode. Just know that we are going to be talking about sex. Yeah. We are going to be talking about sex in the biblical context, but we are not going to be holding back.
1: Singles need to know about it too. It doesn't mean that they need to practice.
0: Yeah, no. They but don't. we'll get to that. That's another one. But I had just been feeling this burden to speak about healthy sex life in marriage as a Christian couple, because I don't know, there's just so many different taboos. There's so much confusion around the topic because I think, Purity culture in the church really made people almost feel like sex was a bad thing. And for some reason, it was almost like you don't say the word sex in church. I didn't want to talk about it alone because I don't I can't have sex alone. So I got to talk with about true you. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. I mean, (laughs) we are one, honey.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So what is your viewpoint on the current state of the church and the topic of sex?
1: Um. I think it is a polar opposite to where we are in society right now. And I don't don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. Um, I think that the church in general avoids the topic of sex in hopes that people will just read their Bibles and figure it out. Or that maybe we, you know, just address it whenever there's a problem and then we're going to shame them about it. But really, the church needs to have a healthy conversation about sex. Um, our, our men's group right now is actually going through a book by Ed Cole called Sexual Integrity, um, which I believe, for one, every guy needs to read, whether you're married, single, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm actually hoping at some point that, and uh, in, in the near future, that we're going to actually introduce it to high school and college students
0: What's I mean, Um, we're going to have to. These conversations are going to have to start happening, especially within the church, because if not, where are they going to seek out this information?
1: Well, so they're going to go to
0: YouTube. They're going to go to Google. They're going to go to their friends and they're going to get worldly answers.
1: Yeah. And so actually in this book, um, Ed Cole. I don't want our boys learning it it that way. No, Ed Cole talks about it. And, um, you know, he wrote this book, I believe, in the the mid 80s. And what's crazy is it's more relevant today than what it was when you wrote it then. But talking about where most people learn about sex, the highest percentage actually learns about sex from a peer in school and usually around the age of 10, 8 to 10.
0: That is insane to me. Like yeah. London is 10. Yeah. He knows about sex he knows what it is but i mean his was mainly because of like where do babies come from kind of thing
1: right and now in our culture today it's even a worst case scenario because now we have schools that are openly educating kids about sex in the most perverse way possible
0: and i will i will say this like not all parents are a healthy place for children to go no
1: but We're the church talking should in the be
0: biblical context. Like this is a clarion call for us to wake up, right. especially us that do have children and knowing like, if we don't stand firm for a biblical stance and biblical value on a sexual relationship in the context of marriage, like it's going to get warped and just completely distorted.
1: Well, and that's the entire, and That will be the plumb line. Yeah. That's the entire idea of the enemy. I mean, simply put God made sex good, Satan perverted it. it it's, that's simply it. And so whenever you have a worldly view about sex, obviously it's going to get perverted because the enemy has complete control over all the worldly stuff that's going on. And so it is going to he is going to make it look enticing and all these different things and going to build up the imagination in this fantasy that's not realistic in the terms of biblical covenant. And that's where you have a lot of unhealthy um, sexual relationships. Even in the marriage covenant, you have these expectations that get built up from uh, guys and girls both, yep. watching porn, getting a misconception of what you know that sexual relationship looks like. And so they build up these expectations that their partner's never going to meet at least not in normal circumstances because most of these are most of these that are in these films and well, you have videos, a
0: driven narrative as opposed to
1: well, yeah, it's, it's, narrative. it's not only that, but a vast majority of those that are in these videos are being trafficked in some sort. Yeah. And so it's under this, uh, this ruse and this coercion that's causing them to perform these things that are either a not natural or b not um, consensual, and they're doing it out of threat in some form or fashion. But you don't see that because you're seeing it from one perspective that they want you to see it. And, I
0: mean, I I do videography, yeah, and I can go. You to can force
1: ev- a perspective. I
0: can go to an event that is not well attended, mm-hmm. but in the video, I can make it look like it was the most well attended event of the season.
1: Oh yeah, and they do it's that
0: all in. Editing perspective,
1: yeah, and they do that with with anything that they want to um, draw an appeal to, and so I think that the church's stance on sex needs to be a very aggressive one.
0: Well, I think the sad thing is people have this this notion that the church is full of prudes, and yeah. that's something that I'm like purity culture was a big problem with that because yeah. I don't I don't disagree with purity, I don't no. disagree. With saving yourself from marriage i wish i would have done that for you yeah but that wasn't the story that i lived right and but touching back on the point i'm glad you mentioned men and women because i think you and i have both had moments in our past where we struggled with that mm-hmm. and we were both honest about it and the lord helps you overcome yep but i think a big problem is sex seems to be so openly celebrated in the world but so closed off and hush-hush in the church. Right, because the church doesn't know how
1: to address it because they've basically become so blasé about the topic that now the enemy has so overrun society with the perversion of sex that the church really doesn't know even where to start the education. It's not even an argument. It's an education and if people understand the importance of that purity and the sanctity of marriage, and the soul ties that come with sex outside of marriage, and what that does to a relationship after marriage, mm-hmm. um, oh, it, it's like, a major it's a major problem that the church has to address. And
0: well, like it took us years after we got married. Yeah, I really feel. Before we felt like all of those soul ties had been broken off. with Previous relationships. Yep. And we were able to actually truly build God given intimacy and actually enjoy each other.
1: Yeah. And
0: not necessarily being like you sucked, I didn't like you. But like (laughs) being able to be like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, right. One of my favorite things is being able to be intimate with you as my husband, because Mm -hmm. my body is yours. Your body is mine. Mm hmm. And before that, you couldn't say that because if you're coming in with those soul ties to someone else, right? my body is still someone else's and someone else's yeah, and yours was someone else's. It takes so much healing. Right. But I think it's one of those two. I don't even know that it's necessarily because it's a blasé topic in the church, but because it makes them uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And so they avoid it, hoping that it's going to correct itself, but it's not. It's only going to get worse. And we're actually seeing that now because not you know, for decades, it's been focused at, you know, free love and everything that, you know, started in the 60s. And then, you know, it progressively got to the point where we're at now, where it's now affecting our children. And they're going after the youngest of generations. Yep. And unless we start having healthy conversations with our kids, you know, it's it's going to be a problem that's not going to go away anytime soon we have to get on the offensive of this as the church and take back what god made to be good yeah and you know one of the things that has always stuck out in this book sexual integrity is ed cole just makes it point blank that porn is a substitute for prayer and it is wow say that again porn is a substitute for prayer And it is the idolization of a false God, which is sex outside of marriage. Well,
0: think about it. When the Lord, I can at least say this about my own porn struggle. Any like when that that has happened, the only way that it has been overcome is whenever those urges or that. That pops up is to pray. Right. Because there's no other way I can overcome it in that moment. No. But if I pray, then the Lord carries me through right it's that is that's so true yeah like i don't think most people would have viewed it that way
1: so i do believe that the perversion of sex by the enemy and making it to be a conquest of men to sleep with as many women as possible and
0: get all those notches in your belt
1: yeah just i i do believe and it's it's men and women there are women that do the same thing um
0: well yeah because now the narrative is, well, Why are you, who are you to tell me I can't do this? Yeah, I don't need a man. Tell me I, yeah, yeah, who are you to tell me I can't be happy?
1: Right. And because of that, and because it's disrupted what God had originally designed and planned, that's why we have such a big problem with divorce rates, mm-hmm. why we have a huge problem of people living together, out of wedlock, having kids, and then they wonder why they have problems people blaming marriage for being the problem when really it is We're out.
0: They, they claim outdated. Yeah. Um, it's that's it, not what it is. Yeah.
1: And it's not patriarchy.
0: that. That's the new hot word this year after yeah. certain movies have really yeah. played that up.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, but it's all biblical and anything outside of I feel that. Like you're is like, I'm just, sorry.
0: It's biblical. <laughs> everything else is wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: One thing that I really wanted to touch on is. A healthy sex life in marriage like how do you cultivate that because say you have someone coming into a new marriage or i'm not even going to say a young married couple because we have couples that are getting married older in life or mm-hmm. are on their second marriage after right. they've been sanctified after there's been healing and redemption and restoration but it might not have been with the spouse that they previously had right like how would you encourage or give some practical advice on that because I think the best one, and I don't know if we'd said it in a previous episode here when we were going through, like, I wouldn't say it was a rough patch necessarily, but whenever there was expectations not being met, Mm -hmm. the, the one question of discussing with your spouse, how often should we be having sex? How often do you expect us to be having sex each week? I found that to be so beneficial because your number was much higher than my number was in that season and so
1: which i think that's normal for most but
0: realistically low like whenever that happens then you can actually discuss a number that works for both of you and then it changes throughout the seasons you're not stuck to that number but yeah. that way you both at least have each other's expectations like i didn't know that that's what you were expecting. And there was frustrations coming from your side. There was frustrations coming from my side. Yeah. But once that conversation was opened up, it was almost like clarity came.
1: Right. So I would say that for all couples, the number one thing to not only, I guess, spice up your sex life, but also um, make it so that both of you are enjoying it. And it creates a deeper level of intimacy is first, you have to talk about it. It can't be that you're just, you know, you go about your day and then at night it's like.
0: Well, should we do it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you have to yeah. talk about it. It's it's not it's not a bad thing to talk about. I mean, I mean we're I, all here yeah. because of the result of that.
0: Certain things are going to be awkward to certain people, certain practical things or little spicy tips people are going to give are going to work for some and not for others. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but I think a big thing too, and this is just from the female perspective is stop being so self-conscious. Like Mm. I know that there's been seasons. Like when we first got married, I was a size six. I was in shape. I was fit. I was like, all right, come on, let's do this. And then after kids, things changed and then life and trauma and hard things that we come into
1: your body does change yeah and and i know that you thought for a for a season that that was something i didn't like or that it was bothering me but But after discussion again you got to talk about it
0: what was the thing (laughs) i sent you the other day um someone was like i understand adam like if a naked woman brought me a piece of or brought me an apple I would have eaten it too. Oh, yeah. And you what did you say? Colton hates avocados and he goes, Hell, you could bring me an avocado if you were naked and I'd eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and that just like to me, I thought that was so playful and funny because I think sometimes as women, I get like we get caught up in, oh, I have cellulite, oh, I've gained weight. Oh, I have more weight around my midsection right now. Oh, I don't look as attractive as I used to. And for dudes, especially if you're in a godly marriage that doesn't seem to really be a factor
1: no because but i'm not saying
0: don't take care of yourself or anything like that but i'm just saying like
1: no because it's it's, at that point it's a minor thing when you're lusting over something than it is about looks whenever you're intimate about things then that's just something it's just part of it it's it's not necessarily good it's not necessarily bad it's just that you're connecting on a bunch of different levels instead of one based on looks and based on what you can get. That's the other thing that's in, you know, that's in this book that's always stood out. Love desires to benefit others at the expense of self, whereas lust desires to benefit self at the expense of others. Oh, that's good so too. if even if it, you're in a marriage relationship, if you are lusting over your partner and not loving them, there's still a problem because now you have actually created another expectation one. An expectation for yourself that is going to get unmet, almost a guarantee. And then you're going to actually have resentment for your partner, even though they actually didn't do anything wrong, but because you placed a wrong expectation on them when actually the expectation you should have placed was on yourself for them.
0: And that comes back to there's um, an Instagrammer that I follow and I value so much of what she brings to that sphere because she does speak so openly from a Christian perspective. And she had posted, and I'm sure she's going to get so much flack for it, but just this on her Instagram stories, it was just a black and white of their bed with a like a corner of lingerie. You couldn't see anything else. And the only thing that she had written on there was wives, enjoy your husbands. Mm -hmm. And all I thought was, I was like, she's going to get so much shade for that probably. But that is so biblical. It is. It is so biblical because I'm like, She wasn't posting anything pornographic, anything like that. I mean, it was literally like a strap in like a corner of the top. That was it. And all I thought was I was like, you don't have sex doesn't have to be dull in marriage. No, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to be so prude about everything. It does mean that there's boundaries and purity is still honored in marriage. And that
1: happens in that discussion part.
0: It does. Like, I mean, one question, one conversation that I think would be beneficial for almost every single married couple is what could I do to spice up our sex life more? What could I do that would make it exciting for you? And I'm not saying that to be like from that comparison point, right? Because if it's healthy, you don't have to worry about that. A discussion is going to open up just a new flavor, I guess. As
1: long as it's biblical, <laughs> ethical, <laughs> moral, moral and, and legal. Not Ill- yeah. <laughs> um you know what enjoy yourselves
0: but i i think that's a big one like husbands enjoy your wives wives enjoy your husbands like look forward to those moments of intimacy yeah don't feel bad if you're exhausted and the kids have completely worn you ragged and work has been tough and it's not the most yeah like crazy wild evening that you guys get to spend together but as long as you're intimate
1: and that brings up a good point when you're in those busy seasons like that Make which time. we've had to plan it i know it's not romantic it's not spontaneous honestly i don't like spontaneity all that much you anyway
0: me who i'm like let's be spontaneous baby. yeah
1: as spontaneity <laughs> also means that you're probably going to be absent of a sex life for a period when you're having when you've got kids because if you don't plan for it yeah. it just ain't gonna happen
0: no and it's one of those, I think, maintaining a level of grace in yeah. in in those seasons, because there's going to be seasons where you might have one of them one like a spouse is sick yeah. or they're not able to do things that they would typically be able to do. And this is just get creative. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Like, I mean, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Just get creative.
1: The, the other thing is, too, that I would say is you can't expect your spouse to do everything. So this is, this is a team effort when it comes to sex. <laughs> so, yes, you know, if wives, there's one if more you're
0: absent, then it's just masturbation. And that's right. taking away what God has intended yeah. anyways.
1: And if, if you, again, if you're lusting over your partner, then the thing is, is you aren't going to consider them when you are having sex. And so then, yeah. It might be enjoyable for you, but for them, it's actually creating resentment in the midst of what. Should
0: be a beautiful moment.
1: Yeah. So just don't do that. It's not good.
0: If you could offer any advice or wisdom to a husband in terms of how to pursue their wife or how to pursue a healthier sex life, what would it be?
1: Um, don't lust after your wife. Love her. Because if you're lusting, you're going to go into every situation with the wrong intentions. Yeah. And you're going to get let down. And then that creates the resentment. And that's going to drive a wedge between you. And then you're actually pushing away the very thing that you were trying to get in the first place.
0: So I guess mine would be answering it from the wife's perspective to other wives. Yes. Seek to serve your husband. This comes back to submission. And Mm. I know that is already a difficult conversation anymore for a lot of people, (laughs) but done in a biblical context, submission is a very beautiful, powerful tool. Yep. And it is a mandate. It is. It's not optional. No. And so I would say seek to serve your husband. However, that might look is going to be individual to every single couple. Yeah. But I think those are two good ones because it's you seek to serve out of respect and adoration
1: yeah we don't do
0: it out of laws rules and regulations right it comes out of a heart posture that is submitted to christ that then in turn is able to submit to your husband which then in turn creates a pretty rad sex life
1: yeah enjoy it god made it to be enjoyable
0: we'll have to do another one um
1: yeah i'm talking about virginity virginity singles also, dating. uh, redemp- redemption of virginity that actually is a thing, believe it or not. If oh you've goodness, lost yes. it, don't worry, we've all had you know pre Jesus mistakes have all in some and fall short
0: of the glory of God,
1: right? Period. But He makes a way, but yeah. that'll be for another time.
0: That's another time. <laughs> I just wanted to start introducing these sex talks periodically because I just like I said. I feel there's such a burden on my heart for healthy sex life and feel like there's such a burden for the church to actually talk about this. And as a mom of two boys, I want to make sure that we are helping to create a culture that is building that up. Yeah. And we are thankfully a part of a church that celebrates sex and marriage that celebrates teaching it, talking about it isn't shy.
1: I mean, you don't even have to go to a service to see that just look in the nursery.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Here's something that might be weird for some people, but I have actually done this. And if our pastors are listening, sorry, if this makes you feel awkward, I have prayed for our our pastor's sex life. I've prayed that their marriage would be enriched and that the marriage bed would be, would be beautiful. And I think that's something to, especially if you are a married couple and say you go to a wedding, whenever you leave that wedding. Whenever you are going to that wedding, pray for that couple, pray for their intimacy, pray for their sex life, pray that it would be so God honoring, even from the very beginning that there would be no bondage, that there would be no remnants of anything that might have happened in the past. I think that's so powerful. If we can pray for each other for healing, why can't we pray for each other for our sex lives? Shout out to every single pastor that's ever been in our lives. I still pray that you have a good sex life with your wife.
1: Well then why don't you pray for everyone's?
0: (laughs) I do. I'm just saying. Oh no, I'm at like right now. Oh, (laughs) all right. We'll close out in prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much just for the gift of sex. I thank you for the gift of marriage first and foremost, Lord. And that this is such a beautiful picture of you and the church. I thank you that this is something that we can grow in, that there's it can be fun, it can be fruitful, it can be spicy, it can be tender, it can be precious. It can be so many different variables, but at the end of the day, that all it does is glorify you, God. So right now, I just ask that you would help us to love each other more deeply and tenderly. I ask for the wives to have a greater heart, to submit and serve. And Lord, I just pray that whatever comes from it would come. I know that there are so many people out there who are so worried about having too many kids, not having enough kids. Lord, I pray that 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 would be taken away And that the fruit of intimacy would come as it needs to come according to your will. And so, amen. (laughs) The car alarms are going off in our neighborhood. It makes it sound (laughs) so bad if you can hear that in the background. But I want to thank you guys so much for joining us for the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. My name is Morgan Bartell, and I am so glad that you joined us this week. I invite you to join me over on my Instagram. Y'all, that car alarm is so loud. I invite you to join me over on my Instagram at, at Morgan Bartel. And um, yeah, can't wait to talk to you guys next time.